there. Welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash podcast. Hey there, it's Liz Rohr from Real World NP, and you are watching NP Practice Made Simple, the weekly videos to help save you time, frustration, and help you learn faster so you can take the best care of your patients. In this week's video, I'm going to be building off of last week's video where I talked about the business of primary care. And in this video, I'm gonna be talking about scheduling. First, I'm gonna start by talking about the business context of scheduling. And then I'm gonna talk about the examples of how it typically plays out in primary care. And then um, some particular pitfalls that I see happen among new nurse practitioners that you might find yourself in. And hopefully understanding this whole picture will help you navigate out of it and advocate for yourself if you need to. So the business side first. When it comes to the business of primary care, basically every year they need to make a budget. They have to make a prediction of how much money they're going to make in the next year so that they can budget appropriately for all the staff, um, any additional things that they're going to be doing, et cetera, et cetera. And like I said in last week's video, I talked about how the primary revenue source for clinics is patient visits. When they're thinking about the schedule, they're thinking about it in that global perspective of how many providers do we have? How many visits are they going to have in the context of a year so that we know how much money we'll make? And so from that regard, the, the business itself of primary care <clears throat> is looking at a couple of different metrics. So one is how many patients per day or week potentially they're also looking potentially at RVUs, which I talked about a bit in last week's video if you haven't watched that already. Um, but RVUs is that combination calculation of how many patients you see in a day compared to how sick they are um, because you get more money for more complex patients. And there are other kinds of visits that reimburse more money, which I'll talk about, I'll touch on in this video as well. Um, the other thing they're looking at is the no-show rate. So what percentage of patients scheduled that day arrived compared to who did not come to their appointments? And an approximate goal, industry standard goal, I believe is around 10%. So if you have 20 patients booked in a day, then it's expected that two patients will not come. And that's just across the board. So those are the things that they're looking at from the administrative side of running the business of primary care. Some other scheduling considerations that they might be thinking about is how many, how many uh, minutes do you have per patient? So there, in my current clinic, there are 15 minute visits, are the short visits, and there are 30 minutes for the quote unquote long visits, which I'll talk about those in a second as well. But your clinic might have 20 minutes and 40 minutes. You might have 15, 30, 45 et cetera, et cetera. Like you might have 30 minutes as your short visit and 60 as your long visit, in which case that sounds really lovely and you're probably not in primary care. Um, but those are other considerations too. So how does this all fit together? So when you're a nurse practitioner, 
A lot of the time, and if you don't have this, I definitely recommend considering asking for it. Most of the time, there is a template for your schedule. So for me, for example, in my clinic, full-time providers are 32 clinical hours and eight hours of administrative time. And so we have the option of either having a full day off, quote unquote off, that we're using towards our administrative time or embedding those periods of blocks of time during our day. Uh, the other thing that we have in that template of what days that you typically work are a cadence of regular types of visits. So what are those different kinds of visits? That, that really varies from clinic to clinic, but you've kind of identified these buckets of categories of what patients are allowed to be booked where because there are calendar rules that everybody in the clinic supposedly abides by. So what are the kinds of visits that you might see? So in our current clinic, um, what I typically have are, uh, I'll just go through the general types um, and give you a sense of what our rules are so that you can potentially optimize what you currently have or create something new if you don't have it already. Because the, the, the rationale for having a template is that everybody is clear on the expectations. Everybody's clear on what's happening and what's not happening. And actually, I want to pause here and say the biggest struggle that nurse practitioners have as it relates to scheduling really comes down to the bottom line about expectations. So number one, there are no expectations set. So it, it's there's no clarity. It's just a free-for-all. It's just chaos. Number two is that there are expectations, but they're not really being communicated to you or to the other staff members. And then the third thing is that there are expectations that are communicated that are not followed through on, that are boundaries that are being violated and they're not, they're not following through. Like those are the main sources of frustration. So all of this, this entire video, this entire conception of scheduling comes down to that, right? So when it, so going back to the visit type, so in my, in my clinic, there's a cadence of the way that my schedule looks. So if I come in on a Monday, I'm working an eight hour day, it's going to be, you know, two established patients, one sick patient, one physical, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a set amount of time every single time that is, that is allocated for each type of patient, right? With, with flexibility as we need to. But um, our clinic has established patients. So those are patients that have been in the clinic before, been seen at least one time. Um, the rules about that are that they can be any sort of sick appointment that is not urgent and doesn't require a same day visit. So it's like stomach pain for the last year with no alarm signs or symptoms that could potentially wait for an established patient slot or um, chronic care like diabetes, hypertension, things like that. Um, the calendar rules in our clinic to reduce that no-show rate is we actually only book patients three weeks out at a time. So any patients who need to come back either at a month or um, two months, three months, et cetera, they get put on a callback list inside the electronic health record system, which gets sent to our administrative staff. And when it's coming up on their time to come back, they do manual phone calls out to that patient to bring them back in. It's a system that's working for us. I, you might have other systems that are working for you, but that's the main rationale is that the longer out you book the visits, that higher of that no-show rate is and the less money that is coming into the clinic. And so the other types of visits, so there's sick visits. And so those are meant for that day 
or the day before booking. They should stay open until that day so that you can accommodate patients who have an urgent sick matter to attend to. However, providers can override this if they need that slot for somebody who needs a one-week follow-up for some sort of uh, more urgent condition that you're seeing in the clinic today. Um, but yeah, that's, that's typically gone through triage of the nurses that determine who gets that slot. But that's the staffing of our current clinic. So what are some of the other options? Um, a physicals, either well child checks or adult physicals. Um, and these in our clinic, unfortunately, are 15 minutes. Most visits that I've seen in other clinics are the quote unquote long visit, the 30 minute ones. And the ones I've said so far are all 15s. The caveat is that if a patient needs a path exam, they get a, an extended quote unquote long physical block. For us, we have some calendar rules about that. And I wanna talk about expectations for a second. So for us, number one, 15 minute physicals. Number two, that we have five of those per session. And number three, actually I guess it's just those two, but like the two points are that like, that is a little bit painful for me to like say out loud. And also I'm okay with it because those were the expectations that were set when I accepted this job because that is de the demand of what the patients need. And so when I came into this job, I could have more clearly asked about the, those kind of like calendar rules about how many physicals we see per day and per session per four hour block of time. I wasn't really clear about that. So I kind of like happened into it and I was like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> but like, that's on me, right? I didn't ask about that. And that's the standard of practice. So it is what it is. That's the demand. I will do what's needed. So the other thing as it relates to expectations in this example is that my clinic only books us 20 patients per day and they do not double book us. And they give us adequate time for a break in the middle of the day for our lunch period. And so all of these are these moving parts and, and shared agreements that we have and expectations that are set, communicated and abided by. And so I can accept that which kind of like I'm getting a little bit of ahead of myself, but I, but the bottom line as it relates to scheduling, if you, if you are, you either have to accept it or not accept it, right? Identify if there's a trouble, if there's an issue for you, you have to determine number one, is it ex no expectations, unclear expectations or not um, supported, but not like stood by expectations. Like what is the problem there? And once it's clearly communicated and abided by, is that something that you can live with? Right. So I guess I guess I can skip ahead. The, the majority of the visits that I have are either established sick visits, physicals, um, and um, I also have procedural visits, which are thirty-minute blocks. And then one other potential. There's there's a couple of other different types of visits, but it just it just depends on again the shared agreements of your practice. So for example, annual Medicare physicals are very long, and they require a lot of documentation. Uh, and so potentially there should be some rules around those more complex visits such that you're not getting overloaded. Because I guess, again, like going back to the moral of the story here, it's about expectations, but then the other piece of it is it's a balance on the business side and on the like human side, right? Because the business, when they're in dire straits and they need money, they're going to ask providers to see more and more and more and more and more and more and more patients, right? But like, there is also a limit there because we are humans and we need a quality of life. And also it benefits the business to, to retain us as staff members 
it is way cheaper for them to retain us than it is to hire a brand new staff. It is way more expensive to hire a brand new person. So, um, so it's a very fine balance, but it's a mutually beneficial relationship because we want to take care of patients, but we also want to support, you know, the clinic business so that it remains open and we can still take care of our patients. So I guess I'll, I'll move on to the pitfalls. I'll wrap up here with the pitfalls that I see just a couple of examples. So, um, as it relates to what I talked about with the administrative time blocks, one of the potential pitfalls is that, um, the administrative staff, whether it's a call center or the front desk, they're going to be booking patients into your administrative time slots, or they're going to be double booking you. Um, and there's either like no expectations about that. There's no communication about it. There's no workflow around it because that happens, right? The reality is that that happens, but there should be a shared agreement among your clinic of what the, what the workflow is, what the step-by-step -step repeatable process that everybody understands so that nobody's frustrated or mad. I mean, we can still be frustrated if, if we're feeling overworked, right? But like if we've agreed to a set of expectations, it is what it is. You know, we either decide that we accept it or we decide that we don't, right? So another example that a mentee that I was, uh, that I'm working with, she and I were talking about this the other day, is that um, Medicare, annual Medicare physicals reimburse at a very high rate. They, it's about $300 per visit. And so it sounds like this private practice was trying to book a lot of physicals, like five annual Medicare physicals in a row, and it was exhausting and she's feeling really burnt out. And so this is the conversation that we had is the background, this is the background foundational information, this is the rationale where they're coming from, and also here are some other things that we can do to communicate and set expectations that will be followed up on. And I mean, I think the first thing when it comes to being frustrated with the situation, aside from identifying the objective information and potential solutions, is to think about, you know, assume the best of intent and ask questions first, but always bring that to your supervisor and let them know they don't know unless we talk to them, right? We can, we, we just, we just have to be explicit. We have to be plain. It's a very just plain conversation. It doesn't have to be emotional, right? We can just say, Hey, listen, I noticed that there's, um, let yesterday and today I've had five Medicare annual Medicare physicals in a row. Um, I'm really exhausted and this is really, really tough. Um, it do, what are the policies and procedures around booking these types of visits? Can you help me understand the situation a little bit more? And then you can have a conversation about it, right? Because if it was me running a clinic and I was really short on money and I was worried about having to lay people off, I would have a direct conversation with my providers and say, hey, listen, we're having a, we're having a bit of a hard time right now because of COVID. We need to see a whole bunch of physicals to try to make up for it. This is not forever. This is a short-term thing. Here are the guidelines and rules about it so that we're all on the same page and then we will check in in two to three weeks or four weeks time, see how everything is going. What do you need to support you to do this job, right? So that's ideal world situation. But um, but yeah, I clearly have a lot of things to say about this, but I'm gonna wrap it up here because I'm a little bit meandering in this video. Hopefully this is helpful. If you haven't grabbed the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these videos sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and bonuses that I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so very much for watching. Hang in there and I'll see you soon. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. 
Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.